Thanks for stopping by to look at our ISO 9001 training guides that are here to help you run your quality system. So let's check out a short sample. Okay, let's take in those five most common mistakes when doing internal audits. These are just based on my experience over many years. Uh, they're not in any particular order. All five of them are equally important. First one I've got is new view auditing as a mundane task, almost bordering on a chore. Well, that's a great start. You're the person doing it. You're the person who's trying to instill into the company that all this is worthwhile. So you need to get your head around the task that you're actually going to do. Right. Going to an audit with a view that you can add value to your business. OK, you've got the experience and the training to bring all this to fruition. So don't throw that away. Be a soldier of fortune, yeah? Get people following you. Get them looking forward to you coming in to do an audit. How would that be? Okay, so lead from the front, set an example, and onwards you go. Certainly be alert and keep your eyes and ears open at all times as you're going round the office and the shop floor. Listen in to snippets of conversation and certainly just see what's around you other than the uh, the part of the audit that you focused on at any particular time. The reason I say that is that you can then grasp the opportunity to seek out problems so that you can propose solutions. Okay, that's another good light to be shown in. So if, you, if you're around an office and you can see stacks of paper on somebody's desk or the dreaded pending tray and it's just full to overflowing, just ask quite politely, um, do you mind me asking what all those documents are? Or if you're bumping into things on the shop floor, you know, is there any reason that all this material's left here? You'll be amazed at what comes out and it'll lead you on to other discussions and it will help the business in general because you'll start to discuss issues that people have got with the systems within that business. If we move on to number two, you give the impression that you are looking for someone to blame. Now, this is obviously a delicate one because the last thing we want is a finger pointing exercise. You've got to dispel the myth that you're out to get people. OK, that's not what it's all about. And you won't get people on your side in any shape or form if that's the impression you put across. So do be careful with this one. Quite literally, avoid careless words. Replace. Oh, I, whose fault would that be then? With perhaps, um, what part of the system is letting you down? All right, turn it round, move away from the person and concentrate on the system. And as always, promote the mantra. Can you guess what's coming? Audits uncover defects in the system. I mean, it's there on a plate for you. It's in the word. A good friend of mine, David Scrimshaw, taught me that many, many years ago, and I've just not come across anything better than that. So I pass it on in all good faith. I just think that's a belter. Audits uncover defects in the system. And more so than ever, always focus on the process and not the person. Everything, everything that you'll look at within the business can be split down into a process. So you should be there checking the inputs, what people are doing and the outputs and making sure it all makes sense. So that's number two. Number three, you perform an audit without sufficient preparation. I mean, this shouldn't happen. 
And for those of you who've been on your auditor training course, I would like to think it never will happen. But under pressure, you can think you can go into an audit and wing it, as the saying goes. But that's highly unlikely. Do your homework. Check through the standard and the relevant works procedures. Draw up a checklist with relevant parts of the standard, the internal procedure, and then add suitable questions as a prompt to yourself. I mean, come on, we're asking everybody within the business to work in a controlled manner. So that's got to apply to the auditor, and that's all we're saying here. Allow sufficient time, especially when you're just starting out. Don't try and shoehorn an audit in, in an hour or half an hour, okay? You'll need a couple of hours to get something really sufficient uh, down on paper. And it might take a bit longer, as I say, when you're first starting out, because, you, you know, you're getting used to the whole process yourself. So, uh, as I say, don't cut on the time. If we move on to number four, four and five are getting really into the nitty-gritty now, if I'm honest. You skimp on details and move from being objective to subjective. All right, you must always seek out objective evidence, okay? You're looking for data and details that really back up the observation uh, and the conclusion that you're coming to in terms of each particular part of the process. Remember the key question, show me, all right? Any particular part of an audit, you can always lead with that question. Just show me how you process your sales orders, please. Um, just show me how you control your non-conforming product. They're just leading so that whoever you're talking to can respond and then you can just gauge whether the control and understanding is there that you're looking for. However, don't be deflected. Don't be deflected by the good talker. People love to talk about the job. Some of them really like the idea of an auditor coming round from day one because it gives them a rare chance to tell somebody uh, what they're doing and what they're up against. But uh, don't let that defeat the object. Don't let that distract you from, uh, from what you're trying to achieve. And if necessary, slow the audit down. Okay, just say, okay, that's fine. I understand what you're saying. But do you mind if we just, and then get yourself back on track, can we look at these particular records? I was hoping we could see so-and-so. Always record good and bad aspects as well. Yes, you're not just looking for things that are non-conforming. You want to give an overall fair assessment. So if there are good things in there, let's praise them and let's give people a pat on the back. You might even find some outstanding performances where people are working part of the standard uh, and you're just quietly thinking to yourself, this is a pretty good way of doing this. I hadn't thought of it, uh, but you will remember it for next time. Don't skimp on detail because of time pressures. Far better just to call a halt and possibly resume an audit than to rush through, scribble some notes down. Because when you come to write your report, you'll look at your notes and think, yeah, what was I talking about then? What was I thinking of? Oh, forgotten it. So you can't include it because you've lost the thread. As we move through to number five, this is really a key one. Your report lacks content and traceability. Okay, you must not slip into the habit of what I call 
vague generalizations. Several orders were checked and found to comply. What on earth does that mean? It's as much use as a chocolate fire guard. Right, far too vague, far too general. You must list all orders uh, that you've checked and include their reference numbers. Okay, yeah, I know it means a bit of extra work. But you need to demonstrate you're on top of your job. Um, so purchase orders, sales orders, works orders, calibration records, non-conformance records, whatever. You list the ones that you've checked. You also refer to and include your corrective action report number if it's relevant. So as you're doing your report and you've made a decision and explain to the site representative that, look, this really isn't good enough, it's a non-conformance, you start to make the link to your corrective action because that will then follow on into your report. And the final thing uh, is just a, a word of advice, really. Test of a good report. Imagine someone has to retrace your steps. They need to see the orders that you saw. You can understand now why the, the general statement at the top is hopeless. If I was following you and that's all you'd said, several orders were checked and found to comply, where would I start looking? I need to go to the same folders, the same records, just as you did on the day of the audit. That's a brilliant way of knowing if you've got a really uh, good report under your belt. Okay, well, that's an excerpt from one of my training guides, and the full series is available from the VIP area of my website, ISO9001trainingguides.com. All aspects of the standard are covered, including developments with the 2015 version. Hope you can make use of them. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs>